Sorry, guys. Blanket <laughs> statement. Wasn't it my fault? It was Alec the booze. So. <laughs> it was it was alcohol's fault. Take it up with Smirnoff. <laughs> Contact Jägermeister. I ain't interested. <laughs> I'm Sean McDonald, you're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Liam Conlon. Liam coaches men who are seeking to gain control of their drinking, and he shares his own experiences, tips and information around sobriety on social media. As you might have guessed from the multiple clues, we're talking about alcohol. Why we drink, what it does to us, what we gain, what we lose, and everything in between. Are we talking about the relationship that society, especially in Scotland, has with drinking? We reflect on our own personal dynamic with booze and the heavy effects of drinking too much, too frequently. And we get into some uncomfortable territory about the darker overhang and aftermath of binge drinking. What you're about to listen to is a genuine conversation about alcohol and how we feel about it. We're not trying to talk you or ourselves into anything we're just talking and you're invited to listen in. Now to everybody that gets in touch with Blethered, I appreciate and I do try to respond to every single message and the same goes for everybody who's kind enough to share the podcast. That is a massive help for me, so if you want to continue sharing away, feel free. Right, time to get started and talk about why James Dean looks cool when he's smoking. Love you. So in 2021, there were 9,641 deaths from alcohol-specific causes registered in the UK, which is the highest number in record. And that's 7.4% higher than the previous year in 2020, which I'm putting down to COVID and, and people's drinking sort of increasing or worsening. And overall, 7.7% of male deaths are linked to excessive alcohol use worldwide. That figure comes from the World Health Organization. That's one in thirteen men. What do you make of that figure? What is, how how do you sort of reflect on that? Well, I think first the first point that you brought up about COVID, I thought I would just start there, <clears throat> just because you brought that up, and it's obviously so recent. But I would say about eighty percent of the guys that I talk to, their drinking has become worse through mm. lockdown. So that's that's interesting in itself. Obviously, lack of social connection has kind of led to that. But the overall death, 7%, and there's even some studies that say men between the age of 20 and 45, that one in five um, men who die is caused by alcohol. That's a US study, so that's quite... Mm. Obviously, I'm a younger guy myself, so that's quite an alarming statistic. But... You know, I've thought a lot about this and it's, to be honest with you, I went down many kind of different directions with what could be the cause. But I suppose alcohol has been a problem for years, but to be honest with you, I'm still not really over it in my own head. Oh, really? I've thought about, to be honest with you, you no, know, I know it happens, but I, and I've thought about this for ye- like you know years, but it's still hard to put a kind of pinpoint on it, whether it's lack of meaning lack of direction that's the kind of areas I've went down before but 
to be honest with you, every time I hear it, it does shock me. Mm. And any time I hear it, I'm not used to it. Do you know what I mean? Aye. It's, I mean, looking at that figure as well, because I was pretty shocked by it. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's much, much higher. Because that's mm-hmm. not taking into account people whose mental state has spiralled to the point of taking their own life. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mean to be sound daft or jokey or sort of or wacky here, but somebody stepping in front of a bus, mm-hmm. being like when they're pushed or whatever. I, I was really reluctant to say that in case there's somebody no. listening who's, mm-hmm. who's kind of lost somebody that way. And it's probably a lot higher. So then I started thinking, while that was shocking, it doesn't really come up you'll never hear people go oh jesus we've got a, we've got an alcohol epidemic and by the way i would like to outline right just at the start in case anybody thinks we're being pious or sanctimonious or sort of like well you know listen to us where we pontificate to you about i drink often i, I always have done although we'll kind of go on to have cut it just now okay. um but you never ever go oh wow that's an epidemic when you hear about say heroin or valium overdose I had a wee look right at the numbers. So last year there was fewer than 1,000 deaths from heroin. And you think about that as being this shocking substance mm-hmm. and it causes revulsion and sort of shockwaves through mm-hmm. society. But if there's about 10,000 deaths that we know of that we can directly attribute to alcohol in the UK, why are we not going, Jesus, is, I mean, what are your thoughts? I've, I've got a whole myriad of reasons. What are yours? Well, no, I think it's one of those things Well, it's been kind of legal, it's been acceptable for that long, Aye. that it's that ingrained in our society, and it's become part of, like, look, Scotland especially, the thing is, it's became part of our identity, it's what you do, you finish work on a Friday, or, you know, and you're binging for the weekend, that's what a lot of young guys do, like, don't get me wrong, so I think that because it's not, because it's been acceptable for so long, um, obviously, we can get into reasons about tax, mm. uh, the government tax on it tax on cigarettes and alcohol is higher than anything else. So the amount of money made there. But it is that ingrained that it's hard to say, put like a a stop on it. You know, like you can't put a ban on people drinking alcohol. I wouldn't believe in that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is difficult. But it has been ingrained. It's ingrained in our culture that much that it's not really, it's just part of who we are. It's no longer, it's not like a, an external influence, like say something that's not been here. For example, heroin then comes over here. And it's a big shock. Aye. It's just gradually seeped its way into our culture. I wonder if it will phase out a bit. Because like Gen Z, when 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 what is the cut off? Do you know? Is it if you're born after ninety five, you're Gen Z? Oh, I can. I'm not quite sure. So millennial. If you're, a, I'm going to think with this. And by the way, I'm actually going to make a wee side point. Right. Mm-hmm. See the next time I see some cunt who's fucking like forty seven. Talking about millennials, mate, you're a fucking millennial. I know. Oh, you're no far off it. Because if you're born <laughs> after 90, 1980 onwards, let's see, millennials, right? So if you're people born 1981 to 1996, okay, maybe no 47, but you're a millennial. And then after 96, you're Gen Z. But there's a whole thing about Gen Z are more health conscious mm-hmm. and, and they don't drink as much. And mm-hmm. that, trying to think when I was so when I was 18 and going out town was mobbed and every single person you knew or knew of were all out drinking but it kind of doesn't seem to be that way I wonder mm-hmm. why that is it's interesting as well I would love to know numbers and I'm going back to Covid here I'd, I'd, I think um, I think it's definitely been less since Covid as well mm. interesting enough. now I don't know if that's to do with 
could be to do with money. Like, let's not let's not be, uh, beat around the bush. It's quite expensive to go out and drink in, yeah. in town for a whole night. So it could be to do with money. But again, I think it is to do with everyone's... Your reach to information is so much better than it was, what, 20 years ago. You know, you've got Instagram, YouTube. There's all these, like, he- like there's a lot of health industry stuff that's mm-hmm. being promoted. And I think that does have tremendous influence on the younger generation. Like yeah. TikTok, there's a lot of people on TikTok as well kind of promoting a lifestyle of less alcohol, and I think that definitely rubs off on the younger generations. Well, remember, smoking used to be... Mm-hmm. Everybody smoked, and it was seen as the thing to do. And it used to be advertised and marketed as this will make you look cool and lose mm-hmm. weight and all those kind of things. And by the way, I think smoking does look cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that. Smoking is bad for you. It's terrible. It stinks. It wastes your money. It kills you. However, have you ever seen a picture of James Dean smoking a fag? He looks cool as anything. No, I know it's uh, pe- like Peaky Blinders Aye, watching it's, Tommy it's, Shelby. It's, ob- it's objectively it. cool, mm-hmm. but it's bad for you. But that, that over time, that's kind of phased out now, and I wonder if if alcohol will go the same way. I I don't know if this is my wishful thinking. I'd I'd love to hope so. Mm. I do think uh, there's a you know there's a lot of guys that have a train of thought that smoking will uh, no sorry drinking will become the new smoking and I really do I think that I don't know if that's the kind of the hopeful side of me saying that yeah. um, but I I do genuinely think that could be the case well you know there's all this new research coming out that says that you know even one or two drinks per day can lead to white matter in your brain. Mm-hmm. like disappearing very slowly. Now, not to extreme extents, right? But that can actually affect that amount of drinking. It's linked to seven types of cancer as well, yeah. which is obviously something that people don't know about. So the more that information gets pushed out there, the more, you know, you would like to hope that maybe it will become less of a problem. But, yeah, I don't know if that's my hopeful thinking or not. Hmm. Did you, when when did you give up alcohol? So it was over two and a half years ago now. So that was pre during COVID. Would you have been drinking? Uh, right at the start of COVID, yeah, yeah, right at the start of lockdown. But that's and that's when things kind of. Uh, so, yeah, when was that? Smart, was it March twenty third or something like that, that lockdown began? Yeah, so I was drinking at the start of lockdown. Yeah, that's right. Do you know I I I didn't drink the whole or I think maybe. The first four months of it, mm-hmm. I was up to about July before I had a drink, mm-hmm. and I felt amazing. Felt predictably incredible. I just, I've said this before, but I just lived the life of a, a 14 year old in the school holidays. I went cycling every day right. <laughs> and put, I put like a wee lunch, a wee packed lunch in my bag and off I went and like did like fewer 50, 60 miles a day. And I never drank. It was after about maybe two or three, four weeks hmm. where I felt incredible. I will go on to talk about all these things, mm-hmm. about, about the, the impacts of what happens when you when you kind of remove alcohol. Again, can I just want to interject again at this point and interrupt myself to say, I've, I don't mean it in a bad way because I wish you listening, I wish you the absolute best. Of course I do. And I wish you absolutely no harm. But I really, if I'm being honest, I don't care if you don't drink or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it to come across as if I'm saying to people, you need to, like, I've, I've not drank since the 30th of December 2023, so you need to all listen up and listen to what I'm saying. No, but I'm absolutely. just, I'm fascinated by the mm-hmm. by the subject. And I, when I say I'm down a rabbit hole, like, mm-hmm. I'm majorly down a rabbit hole, but I didn't drink that entire time. Mm-hmm. Felt incredible. And then the bars opened and all that, and I get swept up in the excitement mm-hmm. and, and, I was absolutely not objecting at all. I was like, this is amazing. I'm I'm all for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I had already known this, 
but for me, it wasn't about having a drink. If you offered me a drink, I'd be like, in the house, I'd be like, nah, no thanks. I'd rather have mm-hmm. a can of juice and a packet of Maltesers. We'll go on and talk about that again, because that's another area I kind of want to go to, is the is motivations for drinking. And for me, it's the buzz, the party, the mm-hmm. being surrounded by people, the excitement, the tunes, the, mm-hmm. the kind of switching off. But what was it for you then? So it, COVID starts, you're drinking quite a bit. I'm assuming you hit a, a, some sort of rock bottom. Um, yeah, I would say I would say I did. So <clears throat> I was binge drinking for years. I mean, I moved from, I'm from down uh, near Sonarp, a little place called Port William, and I moved up to uni in Edinburgh at 17. And the drinking kind of started, I think, uh, even even straight away, you know, I'd be going, I'd be binging and blackouts, but then, it's, long story short, like, towards the end of my drinking, it would be, you know, if I'm out, I'm out for three or four days in a row, then I'm three or four days to recover, Aye. then I'm out for three or four days. So it was like Thursday to Sunday, like, I'm potentially just out, no one knows where I am, just anywhere, just just going for it. And that mm-hmm. that's really, it got to a point where, I used to assign the fact like I was a big drinker and this kind of, you know, everyone else seen me as that as well. And I thought that was fun for a while, right, obviously my early 20s. But then when I got to, you know, just at 25 there, I was, it, it kind of flipped. It became like a, a sad thing, if that makes sense. Aye. It became, and you know, <clears throat> and again, it's not absolutely, I would definitely second what you're saying there. Anything I'm saying here is not to judge anyone who is drinking absolutely you know I'm not here to tell anyone to stop drinking but you know what motivated me was I felt like that at 25 and I didn't this is generally the image I had in my head and again no judgments I didn't want to be that person at 40 50 year old still sitting in the pub thinking saying here's what could have been you know and I, I know for a fact that if I continue my drinking I wouldn't I wouldn't have achieved anything I wanted to you know it, it got it was at the point where you know I'd be missing days of work Hungover, you know, telling them I'm ill. Um, oh, hungover. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Sorry, uh, the call centres. I worked him when I was eighteen. I was hanging <laughs> yeah, every Monday. Yeah. And there's only so much you can get. You can get away with it for so long, but and it was anything, mate. It was my fitness, health, finances. You know, I'd basically I'd drink and go out until all my money was gone, or or I'd no other option, or I fell asleep. Aye. Um, uh, studies. I was just doing enough to scrape by. Ended up failing my like last year of uni. Uh, I resat that. Uh, the woman gave me another chance to resit it. I explained everything was going on. I'd done the exact same thing. Done the exact same thing, mate. So, yeah, it just, everything, I had never really got anything I started, basically. I never finished, and I never really done anything to the best of my ability. And it was, I'll be honest with you, I, I did prepare for quitting. You know, I had an idea in my head, like, I'm going to quit round about this date. And I still remember my, my last night out, like, the back of my hand, it was, everyone else is away to bed, I'm walking around the living room, genuinely looking for, like, scraps of beers, and I, I went to take a drink of the bottle, and before it hit my lips, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, that's it. Like, I was, I was quite disgusted myself, if Mm. I'm honest with you. And again, that's no judgment for anyone, that's just how I felt. So that was kind of, yeah, long story short, there's a, there's a lot to it, but that, that's kind of my motivation for it. I knew for a fact that it was, it was holding me back. And mm. it's it's easy to be logical, right, in your head. It's easy for me to be logical now. But we're emotional creatures. It's you know it's easy to be logical and say, oh, drinking's not helping me, so I shouldn't drink. But it's not as easy as that, mate. It's not. And if anybody can relate to that, I'll, I'll walk past a chippy. 
mm-hmm. and I'm like, a fish supper isn't good for me, but it isn't going to stop me if he wanting it, exactly. because I'm getting a short-term pleasure for it. Mm-hmm. All right, four hours later, when I feel as if grease is coming out my pores, and I feel terrible, I'm like, yeah. well, that was a bad idea, but I've realised that, that about myself, and I keep trying, it's something I try to work on. I am a, a very much a short-term mm-hmm. creature of habit yeah. at times. And like, so for me, I mean, I've got I've got big aspirations and ambitions and goals for myself, mm-hmm. fitness wise, career, just life, doing things. And I set I do set these high targets and I go after them. And I feel that we let's say we every night out, like I can build up this momentum, right? And it's like I'm going along a train track a hundred miles an hour, and we every night out I have, it's slamming the brakes or it's putting the brakes on five miles an hour. Mm-hmm. and they compound and they compound and eventually it's like the train stops mm-hmm. and trying to start that back up again is like, wow, it's fucking hard. And the way I kind of reconcile that with myself is like, okay, so the train's going 100 miles an hour. I'm going all out. I night out, cool, that's fine. But it's when a night out follows five days later mm-hmm. and then six days later and then a party comes up and it's a Wednesday and it's a free bar and I'm like, oh, well, Fuck, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Go and enjoy mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's part of my work as well. I, listen, you need to go and network. You need Absolutely. to go and chat to people. And then Celtic are playing Rangers. I'm a big Celtic supporter, and that's a big day in the mm-hmm. calendar. Yeah. And before I know it, I'm at a pure standstill. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm fucking reversing. Yeah. And then comes this whole mental torture and, and beating yourself up and self-loathing and repeat ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think my, I probably about the 30th, after the Celtic Rangers game just there, when I woke up and hugged my knee, and thankfully I was in a decent headspace and, that, and I thought, right, the fun of December's over. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, I mean, when I got to about maybe halfway through December, I was like, nah, I'm done. I'm finished, I can't be arsed, but I forced it because I'd committed to this Christmas day out. My pal's back from New York. Oh, I can't, I mean, you can't miss out on that. And it, it so on and so on and I've kind of now just went nah that's that's me mm-hmm. I probably I'll, I think I'll go to about 31st of March mm-hmm. not even setting up your time date on it you know but I just that's the best way no don't set a time I because I've got something on I've got Hannah takes if she's listening she won't be Hannah takes 31st she's going to do her 30th because she was Keith Cheggers she was pregnant right um, I've got so I've got Hannah takes 31st and like the 5th of April so I'll probably go up to about then and I probably will have a drink and, and mm-hmm. have a buzz. I think then after that, I'll go, yeah, I'll probably just leave it mm-hmm. another wee while. Like, I've kind of, I'm now a bit sick of it, but I'm also sick of slowing myself down. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely, that's the kind of stuff I was coming to the same mm. conclusion with. But it's, inter- you know, it's it's interesting because you say about, oh, this, this comes up, that comes up. You know, this is... We're going to this when I'm talking to guys, they're like, "That's not the right time. I've got a, you know, I've got a, a birthday, I've got a wedding, and the thing is, there's there's no right time for all of this. Exactly. But, but it is a shame that we all feel like, for example, you know, I was at a wedding a few months ago and it was absolutely great, enjoyed myself. But people always tell me about weddings, especially right, you know, uh, oh, I've got a wedding come up, I need I need to have a drink. It's a shame that we feel the need to drink at all I these know. things. Like for example, you're saying about your your friend coming back, like. Like back in the like, you know, when I was drinking, that would have been an occasion for me to drink. You know, it's it, to be honest with you, it's birthdays. People, I mean, people drink at funerals, birthdays, christenings, I know. Christmas, whatever it is, mate. It's all there's always a reason to do it, and it's a shame that we feel the need to. But I think it's you. You almost feel like a 
an outcast if you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that. I think that's a big a big issue for people as well. So I, I wanted to reference this right. So in my my research mm-hmm. or my preparation for this, and I think this will maybe draw a wee smile or chuckle for you. So I've been listening to the Easy Way to Control Alcohol by mm-hmm. Alan Carr. The best book you can read, by the way. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Now I'll tell you this again to you listening wherever you are. This, this book is really, really good. It's funny. Do you mm-hmm. think it's it funny? Is, yeah, yeah. Like it's, I, yeah. I keep laughing out loud when I'm listening to it. In a nutshell, right, this book, if you, if you want to listen to it or, or read it, The Easy Way to Control Alcohol by Alan Carr, not that one, it's another one. And uh, he basically, if you've read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, one of my favourite books, mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle, as he is going through the concept of all you have is now, there's no such thing as the past or the future, it's only today. And the format of the book is like, an intelligent, um, logical person asking him questions to poke holes in his theory. Mm-hmm. And I was, well, I listened to The Power of Now because Eckhart always get the most relaxing voice ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, each question, I'd be like, ah, he's got you. There's no way you can answer that. He's got you. And Eckhart Tolle would. And then you're like, fuck, like, that's okay. Right, okay, he's bang on. And this is kind of the format of this book with Alan Carr as well. Or he's, he's going through all these bits. And he basically has gone... We have kind of been socially brainwashed mm-hmm. into thinking alcohol is normal. And it isn't pure pious. It isn't like pure fucking self-righteous. It's just kind of fact. And a lot of times I'm laughing and he's making all these points. And, and the more I listen, the more I'm like, I really think I'm probably going to just patch this for the most part because it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of bad. But he made two points that were great. He's like, every fucking bad cunty arsehole thing you've ever done when you've been wrecked mm-hmm. it's not you it's it's the booze mm-hmm. that's not you it's the booze changing your brain and that i was like well phew like <laughs> i feel a lot better <laughs> already <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a lot of apologies i don't need to make <laughs> sorry guys blanket statement wasn't it my fault it was the booze. So. <laughs> it was it was alcohol's fault take it up with smirnoff <laughs> contact Jägermeister I ain't interested um, but the other thing is he's like it's kind of it made me think right of say somebody gets pulled up for I don't know Celtic Rangers type bigotry mm-hmm. I think you can very reasonably realistically go here this see when you were younger listen man I've been pulled up for shit myself mm-hmm. we're all products of our environment yep we're all younger we grow up, for the minute you can speak, you hear these things. Fenian bastard. Or, I mean, this might be uncomfortable. It's a bit uncomfortable for me to say this, right? Mm-hmm. Fenian bastard, orange bastard. These are terms that you hear, mm-hmm. and they're everywhere, yep. and there's no repercussion. Nope. All of a sudden, the world changes, mm-hmm. and what you said when it was acceptable, because nobody batted an eyelid back nope. then, mm-hmm. and I, I always make a point, actually, if I see somebody who, let's just say, is in the opposite side to me, getting battered for something like that. I always want to step in. I'm like, here, when he said that, nobody said a word. Do you know why? Because it was acceptable. Mm-hmm. The world moves on 10 years and then all of a sudden you want to hang him for this or you want to like get him by his throat. No, that's kind of not the way the world works. Does he say it now? No. Okay. No really as much of a problem. And I think you can kind of apply that to, to alcohol. It's like, well, you're born into this and everybody drinks and everybody's getting pissed and I, I've got the people that I know who would sink a bottle of vodka in mm-hmm. a night yep. and I thought that was normal mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, what's he like? He's a pure champion boozer him. You're like, whoa, 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 no. That's actually serious alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, 
part of the book with Alan Carr when I was my understanding of it anyway was like, well, we've all been born into this and been told, no, no, it's totally normal. And you're like, well, it isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it is effectively, you're giving yourself a dose of poison mm-hmm. every is that time. What it is? And again, it's quite hard to kind of wrestle with that in it because it's like, oh, I, I think it is fun. Having a drink is fun. There, mm-hmm. are, there, are, there are, I'm not saying it's good for you, but when you initially start, or I suppose it feels fun. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe the sort of trick. So to then turn around to somebody and go, actually, no, no, it's a totally bad thing. It's maybe hard to, to get the head around. Yeah, for sure. I don't think... Uh, yeah, it's not the... To say it's a completely bad thing might help some people, right? But it's not... What you're saying there about identity conflict, though, that's exactly what it is. You know, I was talking about, you know, you grow up, it's in your environment, especially in Scotland. It, it's everywhere. And you, you know, it is part of who we are. Right, as I was saying, and wanting to become a person who, you know, for example, what I say to people is, you know, you view yourself as a drinker, you need to view yourself as a non-drinker. Yeah. You know, you need to say your, you need to say to people, you know, I don't <coughs> drink. That's what the end goal is, and it's it's not an easy process. It's not you can't just click your fingers and do it because, as you say, it's like, it's just everywhere. It's in our society. It's completely accepted. Hmm. Um, but what was the point you made there at the end? Sorry. Uh, about oh fuck. That's my it bad. just shows how much shit I talk. It? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Stream a... of consciousness. Like, no, no. What were you talking about? What no, no. was I, was <laughs> I speaking? <laughs> I no, didn't no. realise. Uh, I bad. think I was saying about how booze is kind of everywhere. You're born into it. Yeah. So t- and and it, it's just this thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if I was to go out to you, uh, by the way, having a piece of sausage is actually really bad. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? It's just always that's, been there. Yeah, that's like, it. It's, it's, I've never known any different. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of trying to say to people... Um, all of a sudden, like this is a, this is a terrible thing. It's like, well, I, I, I was kind of, I was born into it. It's mm-hmm. not as if it's just this new novel thing. Like, kind of, you said about heroin, mm-hmm. heroin coming over. You're like, well, this is this new thing. You're like, oh, I'll keep away from that. Whereas alcohol, for the, for, you know, the minute you can, your, your first memory, you can probably associate with. God, I remember being in pubs and all that. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have a fucking pop at my mum, who's a <laughs> wonderful person, but. <laughs> and it, it's not as if it was just her it was the entire population yeah. be five years old sitting in a pub mm-hmm. and they'd be going off their nut because they're like oh we need to go through to the bit where the kids are allowed and then I can remember being four or five and tasting a beer uh, getting jandies and that Aye, and buzzing. like having a yeah. get beer, allowed, <laughs> beer allowed a sip <laughs> it's only a sip yeah. but like beer allowed a sip and I remember saying like I was trying I don't know how to describe this now right I think it's maybe a blonde beer from Lidl or Aldi, the wee small green bottles. Mm-hmm. To me, I remember drinking one and going, oh, that's what I remember beer tasting like when I was a wee boy. Mm-hmm. And then something, it was in Spain, and somebody be like, what? And then be like, that's what I remember beer tasting like when I was about five. And they're like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm going, no, that, that sounds worse than it is. But I would have like a sip, and that was my first memory of kind of what beer should taste like. Mm-hmm. So then when somebody hits me with, I don't know, some fancy craft stuff I'm like what this this isn't a beer I was never able to find that taste mm-hmm. well yeah you can go on a deeper level of that. I mean tenants for example people wouldn't exactly I, I don't think a lot of other people you know you can on this level like people in Scotland will swear by tenants Aye. but you know elsewhere everyone's like oh that tastes like that tastes like garbage but it's what we're used to here so it goes in an even deeper level for, I mean 
I know this is a, 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 a episode about no discussing alcohol. I would like to say tenants have always been very kind to me. <laughs> They've always been very nice, so I'm definitely not bad mouth them. Tenants is nice, but I'm sorry in this instance you'll appreciate. I can't endorse your product. Um, that makes me think of my favourite story though, and this is something that is it's a pure common joke or point of um, humour now, or point of amusement. So back in 2000 and it must have been 2011 and I, my pal invited me to dinner at his with two of his Italian pals that were coming over mm-hmm. and the four of us sat and uh, the two Italians, I was going to take them out later that night in town and we're chatting away and stuff, lovely guys and they're like, oh, what, what beer do you like drinking? And I, to be honest, wasn't he really, a, I didn't have a massive preference but I thought, oh, these are Italian. So I was like, oh, I quite like Peroni and they're like, oh, Peroni, only the homeless guys in the street drink that and blah, 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 like kind of saying that. And I was like, oh, right. And he's going, ah, it's horrible. And I said, here it's viewed as like a kind of premium <laughs> a nice beer. beer. Yeah, yeah. I said, probably because it's imported and it's Italian. It's probably not imported, it's brewed here, but they say it's Italian. And they're like, no, Peroni's the worst, it's disgusting. And I went, hey, what do you use like? And he went, oh, our favourite beer's Terence Super. So I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's mental. And I was like, what? And they were going, yeah, yeah, it's like, that's one of the f- fanciest beers you can get in Italy. And I was like, you're joking. I was like, that's, view-. I was like, people look down on that. I was like, that's, don't want to be horrible. But I was like, if you're a guy in the street, that's maybe you would drink because it's high strength. And they're like, we're pure laughing. And he's like, no, it's the nicest. And then when I went to Rome a few years later and uh, I walked past a, it was like a shop and I like stopped. I was like, my, in my peripheral vision, I, I'm swear to fucking God, I've just seen a tenant sign. <laughs> <laughs> and I've like walked back, and there is sure enough, big fridge, tenant mm-hmm. super. I was in Naples and I kept seeing like tenants' caps on the ground. And you're like, this is the weirdest thing ever. And it's like the pure number one selling, yeah, selling so, beer over there. So the dregs over there are good here and the dregs Aye, here are, are good there. Just shows you, it's all market and it's all a lot of shit. Exactly. Like that mad, everybody's drinking Madry just now. Horrible. Yeah. Minging, and but because people think it's just it's brewed like fucking Warrington or Stoke or something like that, mm-hmm. but people think oh it's a Spanish beer. It's like it's Carling with a different label on it. Hundred percent, give it rotten. give it a like an attractive sort of name, and that's it. People people go mad for it. But yeah, that's really, that is interesting with the tenants and Peroni kind of swap there. Like um, yeah, and that's the thing with marketing with alcohol as well. It's not. Um, no, it's one of those things. You know, that's that's another question. I mean, with marketing, with alcohol, I wonder what's going to happen with that. You know, although this isn't about that, it's like uh, gambling and drinking. I've wondered how long the marketing's going to stay. Because, I mean, with drinking, yeah. all you see for marketing with drinking is people in the sunshine having a laugh, but they'll not maybe having their first few drinks, but they'll not show you on their tenth. They'll not show you them on their tenth <laughs> pint, will I, it? I know. They'll not I show. I'll not show you on their tenth pint or what's happened at the house that night or what they've done or, or what they've said. Like there's none of that. It's always a, a let's have a great time, your mates. I know. It's always <laughs> like a couple having a glass of red wine and a, as the sun goes down, mm-hmm. somewhere warm and beautiful, surrounded by beautiful people. They don't show you like I drink 12 or she shout leave it Barry he's not <laughs> worth it <laughs> his shirt's all ripped he's got yeah. his tire in his head he's trying to fight with a waiter um, we, I'll, I'll come back to, to your sort of process of drinking so age, age 21 to 25 right you worked in sales and advertising is that right so I worked in a, a bit of sales yeah um, to, um, 
so I'd done uh, yeah, done sales, advertising, and then I'd done, you know, I'd done my own thing. I actually had a marketing agency for uh, e-commerce All right, nice. companies on Facebook. I'd done Facebook ads for them. And again, that's just one of the other. That's just one of the other things. I mean, to be honest with you, my heart wasn't in it. Um, I wasn't doing it for the, the right reasons. I was doing it for more. It was a financial thing for me. It wasn't. There was no, you know, there was no attachment to my work. But yeah. also, the amount of client calls that I would miss, or potential client meetings that they would book in to talk with me, and I'd be in my bed with anxiety with the the phone and airplane mode, not what I see anyway. I'd wake up and I'd go, "There's a client. It can be worth, it can be worth two or three grand a month to you, you know." Yeah. And that's that, that. Another thing that was. And I was doing okay with that that company, but it could have grown so much more. And that that was just another reason for me. Um, but yeah, that's what I was doing. And it, by the way, and you know, coming back to sales, the culture with sales. Oh yeah. I mean, it's probably especially since you know it's all that Wolf of Wall Street sort of like trying oh, to shit, hype up. It's like fake hype, though. Do you know what I mean? And it's drinking, and you've got there was obviously gear as well uh, in sales. So yeah, that culture was. Um, wasn't the best in in terms of that, to be honest with you. Gear is cocaine for our uh, yeah. our, our non non street listeners. If you're not street listeners, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I I got day two fucking goes hand in hand, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. Oh, it's um. There, there's your real epidemic. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think um, I'd loved you know I, I'd love to know actual numbers. I see. On guys like who like, you know, taking taking gear because it's. It really is an epidemic, you know, mate. I, I've got I've got people who reach out to me, and I don't know if it's specifically this demographic. I just look. All I'm saying is, and I'm not here to say this is the demographic. Everyone's doing it right, but just interestingly enough, the guys who reach out to me who have real cocaine, like you know, they're doing it daily, and I tell them, you know, I, I'm not going to. You need to go and see your doctor about yeah. that and stuff. Obviously, if it's a physical addiction, I always refer people to their doctor. But you know, it's a lot of people in building sites. For for some reason, mate, and I'm not saying that that's it's just the pool of data I have. Yeah. I'm not. I don't actually know if that's for fact or not. But that you know, I'd say just about seventy eighty percent of the guys that reach out to me with them, them problems are saying they're doing it on site every day. Fucking you know, it's hell. not. It's not even a weekend thing. It's like <clears> every day they're doing that without drinking. No wonder the skirting boards and that are all fucked in these <laughs> new houses. <laughs> you know, mate. Rattling. I know. <laughs> that explains that weird finish on the. <laughs> That's I mean, that's pretty worrying though. It, it is, it is, mate. And it's not again. It's not to say that that's a demographic doing it more than others. It's just that it's just the data I have. Yeah. It's just the the people who have talked Fuck. to me. But it's again, you're hand in hand with that. And you know, mate, you've got all the you've got all the health and stuff, and it stopped me a progress towards your goals. But you've also got like money as well, mate. I mean, especially when you're talking about drinking and then they add in gear or cocaine. It's yeah. hundreds of pounds every weekend. See that. Um... You know that app? This, I'm, I'm, I'm out myself as a total cringe, right? But <laughs> I just thought, I'm going to get this because it's nice to have a wee visual thing. So I was like, although it does kind of make me feel as if it's a bit worse than it actually is. So I basically downloaded the app, I Am Sober. And you mm-hmm. just put in like when you last drank. Yep. And I like seeing it build up, right? Mm-hmm. So 11 days, 12 hours, 53 minutes. Uh, but sometimes it's like, did you manage to go without a drink today? It's asking me at like 11 in the morning on a Tuesday. And I'm, <laughs> like, well, I'm like, obviously, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm at work. Yeah. Um, But you can put in, I, I basically calculated each week. I'm like, right, what's a night out? And kind of roughly try to think, like, what do I spend? And then you can look at the money saved. And also as a fitness enthusiast, I put in, I was like, right, say I have eight Coronas and fucking, I don't know. 10 vodka that's actually mental when I say that, like that. <laughs> 10 vodkas or whatever 
But so in that time, two hundred and fifty-one pound, mm-hmm. just not spent, and four thousand four hundred calories, mm-hmm. like not needlessly consumed. And when I look at that, like over the course of that, like fuck, that's only in twelve days. Probably not accounting for the takeaway that you'll have the next day. Exactly. As well. You know, there's that as well. And people have two takeaway. You know, this is what. I was... Oh, I do, mate. I get, I'll get up and have a McDonald's and then a Chinese later yeah. at night. And it, that and that before you know it can be thirty, forty quid. So it's not. You know, if you think about Friday, Saturday night, you can go, you can, especially people, you know, a lot of guys in Scotland taking gear, if you can be up to 200 quid plus your takeaways, like, and that's genuinely easy to do. I know. It's so easy to do. Talk about cost of living crisis, man. Oh, I know, mate. I know. Campaign. Get, make drugs cheaper. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. That is a joke. Sometimes people willfully misrepresent what I'm saying. There was humour interlaced in that. Um, see what you're saying about the time as well. That is. Like that is a really good point, and I've heard you because I've looked through it and kind of everything you put out and stuff. And time is your most valuable commodity. Without a doubt, yeah. Like without a doubt, I always say like if I get pulled up, so get a taxi somewhere, you could have fucking walked out. You could have got a bus. I'm like yes, but if I can use my money to buy more time, mm-hmm. I will kind of always do it. Yeah. And there are so many. When I look back, I'm going to get a wee bit morbid, right? And this might upset a few people. When I look back at the amount of days. Sundays where I've lay there, hungover, unable to move. It's sunny outside. I can hear that fucking ice cream van. It's, yeah. That's just it somehow adds to the fear. You're like, that's. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's the echoes of your childhood long past. To like, <laughs> as your potential drives away. But I'm sitting pure dying and pure fucked. And then I started thinking, right, we've all got family. We've all got family that are older, even family that are normal age. How many times? Do you realistically see them through the month, mm-hmm. two or three times? Mm-hmm. Maybe every month that passes, those are days you ain't getting back. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities to see them that you're not getting back. And it's kind of like an egg timer. Mm-hmm. And as the sand is flowing through it, it ain't coming back. And it's like, you ha- kind of have to make a choice. And like, are you going to lie there in solitude as time ticks away and passes you by? Or are you going to actually grab it and seize it and do something and again I'm I'm so conscious somebody might be driving walking the dog running going like mate shut the fuck up you've you last had a drink 12 days ago like, you know, yeah. and, and you were that guy just lying there dying I know <laughs> I know that I'm I'm speaking to myself like as much as I'm mm-hmm. kind of speaking to them do you know what I mean yeah it's uh, time by the way so this is something that people can do to this and by the way what you said about it being morbid it's like there's a lot of stuff that you know, I talk to people about it and it's like, it's very real, right? So it's a lot of it's... So I'm going to use one example. I remember there's a guy, he was talking to me and he was saying, you know, I drink Thursday, I drink a Friday, drinking, um, drinking, oh no, sorry, I drink a Thursday, Friday, a bit of a Saturday, I'm hungover Sunday and I feel a little bit rubbish at work on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's maybe Tuesday, Wednesday before I feel good again. And I was saying to him, right, okay, so Thursday night, let's not count that as a day. Let's count Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's four out of your seven days you've been doing that. And when you think about that over a year, I don't even know, you'd need to do a calculation. Like four-sevenths of the year, your year that either alcohol, you're under the influence or you're affected by it. Mate, that is... And it's and by the way, even <clears throat> if that's two out of seven... That's 208 days a year. 208 days a year that alcohol is directly affecting your life now. And it might be less than that. It might be one out of seven. It might be two out of seven. But even two is quite, you know, now, now that I realise it, it's, uh, 
you know, and I was probably three or four at least days a week, um, the same as that guy. But it is, it's scary to think about, and it is morbid when you think about. It. It's kind yes. of like because I don't want that's the thing I don't want it to for people to beat themselves up about it. But it is something that you you know you have to get real. Yeah, well, do you know what? I don't want people to beat themselves up either. But occasionally, a wee bit of self sparring mm-hmm. is valuable. Sometimes you need to endure a wee bit of pain to get to reality. Because the kind of way I look at it is like, right, let's say you've got a box full of marbles and every time you you obviously you see somebody, you're removing a marble. Eventually, mm-hmm. One day there's not going to be any left. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to face up to that and be like, I'm not saying every fucking waking minute, right, you're going to be, you know, out with family or whatever, but a Sunday... Mm-hmm. or a Saturday or a Monday evening at the times you're like I need to just go and die and lie in the room it's like just we're kind of sedating ourselves mm-hmm. needlessly or we're like putting a pause on our life mm-hmm. and you don't know how many marbles you've got nope. in that box i.e. you don't know how many opportun- how many more opportunities you've got to be with somebody I'm not trying to make anybody upset of that no nope. but but it's true I, you know it kind of it is true and I um, can yeah, I'll just state to add to that, mate, very quickly. You know, I, I can look back. My grandparents are no longer here, but I know for a fact there was days, especially when I was in Edinburgh, that people would come up to plan and have dinner with me and I'm I'm some, I'm out in a pub somewhere with my phone on silent. Like I, and I've missed out on those opportunities. Uh-huh. But I suppose, you know, and this is what I say to people as well, it, the best way to change... Uh, to change is you need to experience those things yourself you know what I mean it's like totally I had to experience that missed opportunity to realise that I was missing it it's easy to somebody you know there's nothing I can say right now to to change anyone's mind or anything you have to kind of experience these things yourself Completely. I, I would love to be the guy who was able to read a warning sign and go oh I'll avoid that no, I'm <laughs> yeah. the idiot who goes warning hot surface let me just put my hand against that <laughs> to check <laughs> and then I press it and I'll go let me just use the other hand just to double check. <laughs> and then let me just press both at the same time just to be definitely sure. They go, yeah, my hands are completely burned and I have learned my lesson. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of, so we say about not making people feel bad, that loops us back to what we're saying about, well, you were born into this world, this life, this um, sort of general blanket, socially conscious belief that, oh, boozing's normal and that's a thing that you do and you should do. So you don't beat yourself up. It's kind of like, as I was saying about if you've done anything wrong, it wasn't you. Mm-hmm. If you did it sober, that was you. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we yep. can all, what our thinking can all be affected and altered. But if you did something sober, for the most part, that was you. If you did it with a half a bottle of vodka and you and loads of shots of Jägermeister, mm, no, it wasn't really you. So yep. I was like, well, don't beat yourself up. What's past is past. Mm-hmm. What's done is done, but Absolutely. you've got the opportunity to change it. I mean, for me, this may seem counterintuitive to to what you're trying to achieve with your coaching, which we're going to discuss shortly. I think I could see me being... Because I, I, I love going to Wonder Bar mm-hmm. and singing Stixies and by no, I can't be heard that song. <laughs> no, no. Mate, what a tune. I'd lose my <laughs> shit when it comes on. Or anything for La Belle Music 2014. In fact, I follow a guy, it's... Um, fuck, I can't remember his name. Sorry, mate, if you're listening. That sings at Wonder Bar and he's brilliant and he sings Stixies. And anyway, I love doing that, being with the pals and stuff. But I can see me going, oh, that's me for a month or two, and and not falling back into that proper bad trap, like resetting, because mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer feeling good. It's isn't Absolutely. it better than just waking up and feeling feeling good? It really is. But there's, as you say, like 
and now that's the thing so see if you're doing good for a month or two it's almost like a, you think it's a reward yeah but you're slowing that trend down it's not you're not you know totally. it's interesting I, I, Ali Burge is a fantastic personal trainer actually if anybody is looking to get in shape he's incredible and I worked with him for months and I still like he puts out incredible YouTube content or mm-hmm. like just Instagram kind of like you like reels and stuff mm-hmm. and he made this point the other day he's like what the fuck are you doing He's like, so you, you've stuck to your diet for five days? Like, I'm going to reward myself with like 8,000 calories of nonsense. He's like, that's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. You've not achieved your goal. He's like, I'm not saying you can't ever do that. Yeah. He's like, but don't just do it straight away. And that was my mistake. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my life for ages was like a slide. I'd run up the stairs. That's me recovering for the hangover. Get to the top of the slide. Blah, I feel amazing. Let's slide right back to the bottom and then mm-hmm. run back up the stairs. And it's this never ending loop. And eventually I've kind of been like, nah, like, fuck that. I'm that- out. Yeah, it's that. So, uh, this is the. It's interesting. People tend to have like, look, we all self sabotage in some way, right? And it's always we get to a certain level and we sabotage back down. And it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Is it that you don't think you deserve to be higher than the you know? Oh, sorry, I just hit the mic. Oh, People get to a certain level, then they maybe think, oh, I'm not seeing myself as the person who's above that level yet, so I bring myself back down. You know, you're kind of comfortable at that level. Yeah. There's a lot to it, but that is interesting. But that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what I was doing, sliding right to the bottom further further than I started, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is an interesting one, the self-sabotage, um, especially especially with drinking. And going back to what you're saying about... So here's a question for you, if you don't mind, I know here. No, you go. Uh, uh, oh, I'm getting asked me. questions. Right, fair. Uh, so... Going out to what I would say is going out with your pals. What do you feel? Have you ever been out with your pals like for a night out without drinking? I I, I hate it. Shit. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. they're a fucking night. I, when I'm sober, <laughs> right, surrounded by drunk people, I sit and I've got like mm-hmm. looking yeah. through the cracks of my fingers, going, "Oh my god," because mm-hmm. I know I'm like a I'm like a a person of at times extremities mm-hmm. so when I'm looking at them I'm like fucking hell if you say that, the same thing to me one more time <laughs> or like see if you keep grabbing me mm-hmm. or, or standing on my shoes spilling drinks over me and generally being annoying and I'm like I know that I'm ten times worse than all you's mm-hmm. put together yep. so how fucking much of a pollution must I be and I just end up leaving in fact I was anytime I'm at something I'm at very I'm a fun person and I don't need to be, I think that's so cringy. I don't need alcohol to have a good time. I don't mean like that, right? But yeah. I, to have a laugh and all that, I really don't need to be pissed. But when everybody else is pissed, I'm miserable. I'm mm-hmm. like, you are so annoying. I just want to get out of here. Yeah, yeah well, I would honestly, I agree, you know, especially at the start of a night out, like I'll go to a Celtic game or that as well, and I meet my pals in the pub before it, and see when they're all starting to drink until they get to maybe seven or eight. Like, I can deal with it. It's like, Good, but then you're right, it gets to the point where... Aye. And by the way, that's not all of them, but the ones who are listening will, will know who they are. Or, finish your story. Like, they're telling me stuff and they're not, like, finishing their story and then they come back and tell me again. Fuck that me. That does get... And, and that's why that's why I put, a, like, a cap on... See, like, if, if I'm going out, I'll go out for three or four hours just to pub my pals and I'll put a cap on it and I'll come home. And honestly, I feel like I get... You know, I listened to something... Uh, I listened to something recently and I thought he made a good point. It was... Like, those first three or four hours, you're going to get 80% of the fun of the night anyway. Like, see, after that, it just becomes like a sloppy mess. Aye, it does, eh? It really does. I think being being around 
I don't know how being around drunk people when I look at them I'm like I don't I don't want to be like this I don't want to drink mm-hmm. but I mean that that <laughs> that thought fast goes out the window when it comes to me being like well I'm going out I think over the last maybe over the last year it's probably the most I've ever forced it because I want to get to that end point of having a laugh and and having a buzz and not caring and singing tunes and kind of whatever and being on the same level as everybody. Which then after listening to a lot of the Alan Carr book where he's like, well, you're not chasing drink, you're chasing exhilaration or Mm -hmm. you're chasing fun or excitement or whatever. And it's like when you can start to, when that becomes clearer, you're like, ah, right, okay. And in actual fact, the alcohol is tricking me into thinking I'm I'm getting those things. Again, I I once again will self-interrupt and say, I will, at some point this year, I will go out and party and have imagined and stuff, but I feel, I do feel pretty certain that it'll be like, all right, well, I'm back to, to mm. kind of being off it again. Yeah, yeah and the, the, the tricking thing, so that's the thing, it's like you're having fun, but alcohol's present, ah, right? Yeah. So then you attribute maybe alcohol to fun. And by the way, you're at, let's be like, you know, I'm not going to lie about anything. Drinking makes drunk people tolerable. Right, yeah. like it does. Yes, like there's no doubt about it. Like that is a thing. Like you know, as I say, when I get to a certain point in the night, I'm like, this is hard work now. Aye. I'm away, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like it's that way. I think I don't know if you've got it in the book. I think he talks about at one point. You know, if you think drinking's fun, sit in a room and do it. Like just sit in a blank room and drink. Like you're not gonna. It's like it makes other things. It's it's like tied to other things. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Aye, I don't like. That's not true. I say I don't like drinking. I don't drink in the house. Mm-hmm. Never, never. Honestly, I could probably count on one hand in the amount of times in my entire life I've ever drank. I say if I go for food, somebody's like, "You get having a curry and a beer." I'm like, "That's fucking minging. I couldn't get worse." Like, I want juice. <laughs> yeah. Or should we go for a wine? I'm like, "Nah, it's not really that nice." Kind of like unless I'm partying, I'm not really like I'm not interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Then it's the. It's this everything that comes with it. It's not the actual alcohol itself. Because mm-hmm. I think you know it'd be interesting. You know, I, you know, I, I don't really know. There's these like, and I don't know if they'd even be great at all. I see these like sober. There's places down south that are doing like sober nightclubs, and I'm thinking to myself, mm, you know, in in my head, I'm even still like, ah, I don't know about that. But then I'm like, but if everyone else isn't drinking, I'd be like, well, maybe maybe there's something in it, like. When I go and do things with my friends without drinking, I have, like, a whale of a time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I know what you're saying, it's that sort of, that buzz. So there's actually, again, I'm saying studies here, I actually can't remember what ones they are. They interviewed people to ask them what part of the night they enjoyed most, and, like, 80% of people said they enjoyed the build-up to a night out, right? Which is interesting, like, getting ready with their mates. Uh-huh. So, and that's interesting, because I, I, I can relate to that a lot, where... I wasn't necessarily enjoying my drink. I was enjoying the idea of drinking. So, for example, I'd be buzzing after work, right? I'm going out tonight. That's so true. And when I get there, all I'm, and I get my pint, all I'm thinking about is who's buying the next round. That, so that's what was in my head. I would be drinking my pint faster than someone else. I'm going, right, wait a minute. I'm drinking faster than him, so I'm going to have to wait then for this. That's what it was for me. I was never, ever enjoying... You're talking about the, the Power of Now book. I was never, like... In that moment we're drinking, it was always what what's coming next. So that's where, yeah, there was more buzz for me finishing work, like that Friday feeling. Yeah. Um, I, than I'm actual probably drinking. the same. Then the corona comes, I'm like, this actually tastes a bit off. Because mm-hmm. corona, 
other beers are available. I don't know if the BBC, I don't need to say that. <laughs> um, but I again, I'm like, mm, it's not really that nice. That's so true, isn't it? It's the buzz and the anticipation. It's hearing the, it's hearing George on the GBX mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I'd love to go out, but me, in actual fact, you're there. A sober disco, fuck me, I would rather <laughs> have you know my eyelashes pulled out with pliers. It sounds even weird to me, mate. To be honest with you, like, it really does. Nah, no, thank you. Be <laughs> like, hey, you want to go a disco dance? But we, we don't <laughs> get a drink. No, no, just disco dance. Like, okay, Couple no, of thank waters. you. Um, oh, by the way, I had this. You were saying about uh, alcohol linked to seven different cancers. So I went and looked that up. The International Agency for Research on Cancer declared it a grade one carcinogen yeah, quite yeah. a long time ago, which, <laughs> fuck me, puts it in the same category as asbestos, yeah. <laughs> radiation and tobacco. Yeah, mate. That's uh, Imagine got that here. Do you want to go for some asbestos and radiation? No. Or do you want to go for a, a smoke and a drink instead? <laughs> I all right, that sounds quite good. It's uh that's pretty well when I first found that out, you know, with the more people I tell that they're like, What and, I, and to be fair, I'm not exactly hundred percent sure how it's all done, but like to hear it in the same sentence as those things. Aye. You think to yourself like comical, isn't it? They'll they'll do anything to get asbestos out of your house. Like that's um Aye. but no, you're allowed to and again I don't know what the the rates are obviously. I would like to think asbestos is a bit more dangerous in smaller uh, doses, but yeah, it is really interesting, mate, that you've and that you've looked that up and read that because that's something I was probably going to bring up. Like ah, it's that's pretty rough. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. Um, the brain fog. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about brain fog, right? It's, yeah. Apparently, it can take about up to about ninety to one hundred and twenty days to lift and basically to become sharper and clearer of mind see for the last 10 days mate my brain has just not been functioning i'm mm-hmm. feeling sharper like today actually i felt what's the word i felt quite um let me choose my word carefully i'm driving i'm driving along to come here the sun's shining i'm listening to my good pal jim white simon jordan on talk sport and i'm having a nothing's happening i'm just driving and i felt I suppose I would say like exhilaration, like mm-hmm. kind of rising up in my stomach. And I'm like, I'm actually a wee bit tired. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. But I felt great. And I was like, nothing, nothing's actually happened. And it's like, is that my natural state? And mm-hmm. I've been suppressing it. And I started having these wee brainwaves of, I need to do this. I can do this. I can speak to this person. This can happen. And I'm like, well, that's not happened for since October. Because mm-hmm. I've just been like out constantly. Yeah. And it's like, have I reached a wee point where after that 12 days, the brain's gone, oh, okay, we're back in action, we can wake up now. Mm-hmm. That's very possible. So first of all, with the brain fog, in terms of that, and then I'm going to come on to what you were just saying there, because this is, I honestly think that's what you're saying there's one of the best things uh, about, well, since I've stopped drinking. So brain fog, I didn't know I'd brain fog. I, d- I genuinely didn't know it was even there. And about th- three, four months after I stopped drinking, I was like thinking to myself, like something's changed. Like my mind's just sharp. It's not like I've taken a limitless pill or anything by any means. You know what I mean? But oh, I, I, I was sharp, mate. I was sharp. Like and and my short term memory recall, everything was much better. But I didn't know I had brain fog before I stopped it. It wasn't really a reason for it. But again, it's because it was my normal. It just became my normal for that long that I thought that was normal. But again, and and when I quit, that started to lift and that was extremely surprising because I didn't expect it because I didn't know I had brain fog. Yeah. Um, but coming on to what you're saying about, I was actually talking to a, a client last week. I went out for a walk last week and this happens to me the odd time. I was just walking, mate, no headphones on through the, the park there and 
I felt like I felt so much pleasure from just walking through the park. Yeah. And I don't know and I would never have got that when I was drinking. Nothing was you know, daily life, nothing was really interesting me. But for some reason, see since I'd say about six months after I quit, there's no real time scales in this thing. But yeah, there's yeah, I get moments of just doing Monday things that you would class as mundane, and yeah. I get real enjoyment from them. I remember during COVID washing the dishes, mm-hmm. but I had been about four months without having a drink. Yeah, and I just felt a rush of excitement and happiness, <laughs> and I was like, "What? Like, what the yeah. hell is going on here?" Yeah, it was it was a physical like something went like to you. Hear me, um, I'm taking you to Disneyland. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> that's a nice wee feeling. That was kind of left some dishes for you. Aye, but it was the weirdest thing. I remember looking out and going, I wonder if that's because like my cerebral or nervous system is just kind of leveling out, and this is kind of how you hundred percent how you're meant to feel. Over like maybe like I had a really good year last year. It started at this point where I was happy and things were going well and then fuck me things just started going my way mm-hmm. work other things it was as if like I was just a magnet for good times and then around about September a few things happened it's just life mm-hmm. I suppose that actually if I'm if I'm being kind to myself I would say if one or two of these things happened to a person they'd be like whoa this is really tough so I had about 11, just all at once. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult to deal with. And still has been kind of thankfully at the point where I feel as if you're like, woof, there's a storm we can leave behind and look back on. But it was tough. And I was I was taking a lot of solace in hitting pause and being mm-hmm. like, I need to pause being in this headspace. These things, the way they make me feel, but also just having to deal with them and live with them. And that was then it was going out. Mm-hmm. And I think probably in the December, I was kind of, I was like, oh, I, I want to chuck this now. It's not really doing me any favours. But then doing the whole thing, we're going, oh, I've, I've committed now. I'm not going to be the one that pulls out and all that kind of thing. And just had a, basically a miserable, miserable three months. And just feeling like, oh, futility. Being like, what is the point? Like, what is the point? That sounds really dark and morbid, but that's kind of where I'd got to. Mm-hmm. And... Only after, so I kind of made the pledge to myself as well. I've been like, not only am I, is, is alcohol no feature in my life, but each day, some, I mean, my gym stuff is just the same. It's just in there every day, but I'm like, right, I'm adding in a 5K every morning mm-hmm. or afternoon. I'm going to, instead of, I'm going to pour into my cup instead of taking out of it. So I've got my ice bath. At Soul Sweets on Sunday, which I recommend to anybody. I paid for it, by the way. That's not free, so I'm <laughs> really recommending it. I'm going actually. I'm going for a CBD full body massage around the corner for you. Urban Retreat Scotland again. I really recommend it. It's incredible. Um, climbed a hill on Saturday, which mm-hmm. was great. Doing my meditation, get my saunas done. I'm going to go for hot yoga next week. So basically, being like instead of relying on this of booze and going oh it's a good time it's a fun time and it was fun at the time but mm-hmm. the aftermath is fucking horrific yep and you're like right, right I, I've really had enough of that Um and instead of, as I say taking from my cup it's like well I'm filling it and already after this 10 days because I didn't actually the fucking gym was shut to the second which pissed me off 
So I've actually not even been doing that every second for these enti- this entire time. But for about eight, nine days, focusing the positives, I can't explain how good I feel. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's kind of the takeaway I would like to offer somebody from my perspective is like, as I say, don't mean a bad way, mm, really give a shit mm-hmm. if you drink or you don't. because mm-hmm. you're not in my orbit. Mm-hmm. But knowing how good I feel, I'm like, I would like you to try Get that. A go. <laughs> yep. Because I know it'll, it'll benefit you. Mm-hmm. It's... um. What you're saying there, it all, all comes back to the way I think of things is, um, I can't remember, this for the life of me, I can't remember what book I read this in, but kind of gave me the idea and I thought, like, you know, you know, if you chase pleasure, you get pain, I think. Mm, yeah. You know, if you're chasing pleasure, drinking, like, whatever it is at the weekend, if you're uh, chasing that kind of short-term stuff that we're talking about, totally, you get pain and I think, well, the gym's a perfect example. If you chase pain, you get pleasure. I think it's... I think there's a difference there. Um, but yet there's no... You 100% will be feeling better even after that time. Yeah. Let me ask you, because do you... How's your sleep? Oh, fuck me, mate. I, I was actually worried for the whole of December. Mm-hmm. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. Right now, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Get stuff in my mind. This isn't a fucking... No, boo-hoo, poor me. It's life. Yeah. But I've got stuff in my mind and it can mm-hmm. be difficult to fall asleep because you're worrying. Mm-hmm. You're worrying about stuff and you're stressed, but it is a lot better. Yeah. I mean, oh, Jesus. Proper, like, getting borderline, actually. Kind of, well, I don't mind. I'm a very open book. I was borderline getting upset because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm up in three hours and I've no slept. I've barely slept for a week mm-hmm. and I was getting to, like, the end of my tether. But it's because more more booze than usual combined with other stress. Mm-hmm. And when you're feeling stressed and you're feeling down and the kind of world's against you, the last thing I should have been doing is going, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will absolutely flood my system with a depressant. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like a sedative, not a good one. It's a good short-term fix, though. Oh, like, this is what I say, but I'm not, I'm not here to t- see short-term for those few hours. Your oh, troubles yeah. are mellowed. Yeah, I was they going are. too far, man. I was partying for too long because mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot face... And I was getting pelters for those around me mm-hmm. rightly so mm-hmm. and I kind of tried to be like look man I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to piss anybody off here but I have just it has now got to the point where I'm like it's too much for me mm-hmm. and when I'm in that buzz and hey the drinks are flowing like fuck it man open another bottle yeah get the tunes on it's great because I've removed myself but and do you know what sometimes you probably need to go through that don't you mm-hmm. that, that wee short term blip because then it makes you Reminds the, you of what yeah, you... The, yeah, the, the darker it gets, the, the more you see mm-hmm. at times. Without a doubt. that's um, And that's often where I've noticed that, you know, so I'm sure got on this, so a lot of the people that I work with aren't necessarily a, a complete rock bottom. Yeah. Because, um, you know, obviously I, I refer people to other places, especially if they're properly physical. And always, by the way, if you listen to this and you are considering even taking a break and you you're not sure or think that you could have any sort of withdrawals please talk to your doctor like just go straight to your doctor about it yeah uh, i thought i'd say that but you know a lot of people aren't quite and that's the thing see when you're see when something's a problem but it's you're not a rock bottom it's harder to see it's like it's much harder to see um if your life's going okay yeah but you're you're doing something that is actually holding you back Kind of like saying, like, oh, jobs, what's well, fine, I'm, I'm still at work, I'm mm-hmm. still doing this. And it's like, well, you are essentially dosing yourself with poison every day. Mm-hmm. 
it's not good for you. No. And then, you know, it's Monday. Then Mondays and Tuesdays at work as well, mate. You know, I, I speak to a lot of people, they're like, oh, I don't think it's that bad. Monday at work and Monday and Tuesday, and then three months after, they're like, oh, I can't believe, like... Yeah. It's that way you don't realise that you're right. in that sort of... Like, that becomes your normal. You've always done it, fuck, man. I started yeah. drinking when I was, like, 17, 18. And it's just, that's it, the weekend. The weekend is for fun mm-hmm. and a buzz and partying and whatever. And I'm not saying... Like, of course, it's amazing. Like, it's brilliant. But there is, I suppose, there, there is more to life. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so for me, I feel like I will actually, if I have a night out, I think I'll enjoy it a hundred times more. So I'm like, well, it's been quite a while. It's a one-off. I've let loose. I probably won't be hating myself as I sit putting away 8,000 calories on a Sunday because I'm like, mate, this is a rarity. Yeah. Just embrace it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows? I might get to after three months and then go, nah, I think I'm just going to, Yeah. I'll just continue. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put a date in it for yourself. You know, that's what I tell people as well. It's, do 30 days, see how you feel. There was that, um, you know, to talk about that, you remember? Have you seen the? There was that Tom Holland clip that went kind of viral recently. No. Him talking about him drinking, and he thought, um, "Oh yeah, my drinking's getting bad. I'll take January off." So he took January off, and he thought, "Well, I'm feeling quite good. If I can do February, that'll prove maybe that I've not got a problem with alcohol." Mm. So he done February, and he's like, "Right, okay, I'm feeling even better. I'll do another month to prove that it's okay." And he done three months, and then ever since he's just decided, oh, "I'm not going back." So it was kind of like. I never tell people, you know, even if you're taking a break and you're, you're going to go back to drinking, don't put a, don't put a date on it. Yeah. You know, just reassess after a certain amount of, amount of time and then make a, make, try and make a decision from there. Do mm. another thing as well, the big thing for me is fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, after this even short period, I'm like, oh, fuck. There's the abs making a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm by, I don't want to end up fucking rolling their eyes at it, but last few months I've kind of been like, oh, what is going on? Because I'm still training pure hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm, I should be, I should be in a, a different position than I'm in. Yeah. And it's alcohol. Was it stops your body from like oxidizing or processing fats or minerals, and it's dealing with just the alcohol. So when mm-hmm. you eat, it's like, well, we're here to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and then, there yeah. are so and so many, so many. So I mean, you've got that brain fog, lifting, sleep, just feeling better, generally more happy. Mm-hmm. What other kind of benefits do you do you list when you? You're talking about it. So the benefits, the benefits of this is everything you said. The, what I just touched on the generally being more happier thing because it kind of comes back to because I know that's a very it's not like a tangible thing that you yeah. can write down, but you feel lighter. The, I feel more optimistic. Hundred percent, and and that's something the pleasure in the small things. And it sounds like you know because you might talk to someone what you're saying about the dishes and something says oh that's boring, but that's that's not that's how your body's meant to be. Yeah. Right. So see, what they say is that you know when you're drinking. There's that much dopamine getting flooded in your head that is only usually seen when you've achieved something. So, for example, if you've worked for ages and you've got a new opportunity in your career, you're like, oh, I'm a buzz. But yeah. that's the same buzz alcohol's giving you. So if you're getting that every weekend, what it does is your brain then produces a little bit le- uh, less dopamine. I know there's a little bit more to it, but less dopamine. So everyday pleasures aren't feeling pleasurable anymore. They're just bringing it's you to baseline. Enough, yeah, so... But yeah, happiness, sleep, um, fit, look, fitness, diet, f- finances, by the way, you'll be very surprised, you know, and it's just, even myself and a lot of guys I talked to thought they couldn't afford to do something like an extra holiday a year or go and do this, go and do that, when they absolutely can afford it if, you know, they cut back and cut back or quit, quit the drinking. 
So these, those are the th- relationships. That's one thing I'm going to say. Like, so I met my girlfriend when uh, I'd already been sober. Now I know that's if anyone's thinking about quitting, I reckon I know that's a big worry for a lot of guys, right? Dating. It's been even. It's been beyond brilliant, to be honest with mm. you. But relationships as well, even with family. You know, everyone's had said stupid stuff. Um, maybe their partners nagging at them. Eh? quit drinking it's causing arguments uh relationships are to me relationships are the basis of all kind of of our lives to be honest yeah. it is that's that's what we are in humans so i'd say the the benefits to relationships are honestly tenfold mate it's clearer communication you can understand each other better and that's with friends and family as well by the way yeah um and that's that causes you know it stops arguments down the line as well but yet health Usually it's health, relationships, um, career or business, and then finances are the four things that people, the four kind of areas that people want to improve on, and it will improve. And by the way, it's not a magic pill, right? So what you're saying about, how, you know, we've all got our problems in life. This isn't me, and it, honestly, I'm not sitting here saying that you quit alcohol, everything's amazing. It's But it does allow you to, it does allow you to face life's problems with like a clear head and get through that without a, Without relying on alcohol, it makes you stronger on the other side. So then, when something bad happens again, it becomes less and less hard to, harder to deal with. If that makes yeah, sense. No, completely. Stop me growing up, and that's me. I'm not. I don't want to. If anyone's listening and they do drink, I'm not saying this about you, but this is the way it was for me. My emotional maturity is honestly, I can't even describe it. You know, if you if you'd known me four or five years ago. Uh, and I know that's part of growing up anyway, but it's hundred percent to do with the, the alcohol. Because I can, if something hard comes up, I'm like, right, okay, I'm in a good headspace. I can deal with this. I can, I can get through this. So that that's another aspect to it as well, mate. Um, because I know, look, a lot of, a lot of the reason people drink, I talk to, is, is stress related. To be honest, it's like a relaxant at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that as well. There's honestly, there's, there's so much, there's so much to it. Uh, to be honest with you, it's. As I say, it's not a magic pill, but it's allowed me to to truly grow. To be honest, yeah. Well, I would at this point, if you know, if somebody's lasted this long, I'd imagine there's some sort of interest mm-hmm. uh, in what we are talking about. I would encourage them to go to at Liam Conlon underscore SP, and they can have a look at mm-hmm. kind of the stuff you're putting in social media. How would you describe yourself? It's sober coach, sobriety coach. Yeah, I suppose sobriety coaching, and just to to be clear with people, I, I don't, um, anyone who has got like a, a physical addiction, and by the way, I always tell people, you know, it's part of the agreement I have with people to always check with their doctor that they can quit first. If you've got a physical addiction, definitely go to your doctor before anything. Yeah. You know? One uh, one thing I wanted to sort of preemptively bring up, so I, the no stone unturned, mm-hmm. uh, and there was somebody who said to you, this is a gimmick, this mm-hmm. is a scam. Yep. You're taking money from vulnerable people. And I thought, that's mm-hmm. fucking harsh, man. And I read your response, which was magnanimous and completely succinct. You'd said, I appreciate the comment, Brendan, and I completely understand your concern. My program is certainly not a gimmick and has worked for tens of people who've even gave me testimonials. As for taking money, I take that very seriously. I offer a full refund on all investment if people are not satisfied with my program. This is written into the contract. I also turn away many and most people due mm-hmm. to the nature of the problem. Is some people need more than what I can offer, especially, again, in the face of physical addiction. Again, I do appreciate the comment. 
I would have been like, shut your fucking mouth, Brendan. Who the fuck are you talking to? So I was really impressed by the way that you kind of handled it. And I thought that kind of summed up perfectly. And he backed down completely and he's like, really respect the response. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 then to me, I'm like, well, that's a valuable, um, I suppose, mutually reciprocated mm-hmm. sort of agreement. Yeah, you're, you're kind of helping people through, and I suppose helping to change the way, move the dial slightly, and how they, how they view mm-hmm. alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and going back to that comment, you know, this is the thing with um. I know there is like trolls, right? People online, but I think I'll give people the benefit of the doubt that what they're saying they think they're right. Yeah, you know what people often. I think most of the time, I know there is trolls online, but most of the time people are bringing up their valid concerns and, and, you know, and I'm not to say, you know, he's entitled to his opinion, but, and as I say, I do, I do, and that's the thing, I do turn most people away, um, especially with physical addiction. But, um, yeah, you know, I do get comments and and, and messages like that, but I think it's what you're saying, like, to reply that way, and I'm like, yeah, I understand your concern. It kind of helps people see it from my point of view as well because if I was to be and I get what you're saying and to be honest with you I do get messages and comments and I think like that straight away and I go no that's not the right way to reply to that because (laughs) it's only it's only further creating a distance right it's like we're all human we're here to work together like I'll help him try and see my point of view and understand his a very enlightened way of thinking do you mind if I get my messages forwarded to you then (laughs) if you want (laughs) I'm hot off the trigger man um, that's just me as a person Mm -hmm. I uh, fuck you fuck you you talking to then I kind of go oh wait we all see things the way we see things don't we absolutely I mean it seems having looked through and I think the the material which you share for free is stuff. I was like, this is helpful mm-hmm. and it helps to change the thinking. I mean, for me, my aim for this podcast in general, and in particular this episode, don't want to convince anybody of anything. No. Don't want to tell anybody how it is. I don't want to say, I'm right, you're wrong. Listen mm-hmm. to me. I just want to have conversations about stuff I'm really interested in. And the only thing I hope is that for the person listening that they've maybe thought about it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough if you want to reject it and go, nah. Yep. Sounds absolutely. like shit. But I just hope that you can see kind of what we're mm-hmm. what we're discussing. And that's it, mate. There's nothing you know, even with people who come to me and they're you know you know, I can't I can't you know, people come to me and they'll say they've got all these reasons for quit, but they say, Oh, I'm not really feeling it. There's nothing I can say. You know, it has to be it has to come from within you. Yeah. My content is there to help you because at the end of the day, you know, if you, if you want to get deep about it, there's that um do you have free choice with everything you're doing? All I'm trying to do is help people understand this point of view so that they're more educated and then they can, you can make yeah. your own mind up. That's all it is. It kind of makes me think of that phrase. You know, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like you, you can take a person to a pub, but you can't make it order an orange juice. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> make them order an orange juice. Like, you have to want to do it. Like, yeah. so, I mean, for me, I suppose I'll kind of sign off by saying, I, will, I, I want to hear yours actually and I'll give you a second to think about it okay but if you had to put in a sentence what your bottom line your baseline I mean to be cringy like what is your why but like f- for for not drinking for me a huge reduction anyway is because I no longer want it to slow me down mm-hmm. I mean what would it be for you I think yeah, that encompasses it all. It's um, to be honest with you, the the hopes of having a family, that's my main driver. Mm. I I know for a fact if I was still drinking, 
and doing what I was doing, there's no way. I wouldn't be responsible enough. Nobody could rely on me. You know, I, I often think, I know this is going to sound to you, to even think about, was I living the life that my parents deserve from me? And that, that's what I think about a lot. But it's, it's, the, it's the future. It's the future of having a family, being yeah. that trustworthy person that can always be relied on. And I, I know for a fact, when I was drinking, I wasn't. And that's why, you know, I can 100% say I just don't see the point of ever going back and I never will. Brilliant. Well, I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, thank you for inviting me into your lovely home. Where are we, Cumbernauld? Yeah. We won't say exactly where. <laughs> you never know who's listening to No, I know, that's true. Uh, but no, thank you, mate. It's been great and uh, it's been a good laugh as well. And I, I think, uh, well, I hope people enjoy it. If they don't, they can back it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've really enjoyed it as well. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Cheers, mate. And thank you, as always, for listening. If you've enjoyed it, feel free to share it. Feel free to leave a wee review because it always helps. Or feel free to send me a message and tell me I'm great. Whichever one you prefer. Cheers. Get your ass out of bed. Hey. Shit, I'll explain it on the way. We need nothing